Shalom Aleichem, children. I'm going to tell you three stories. Tonight, only one story. But this story will lead to a second story the following week, which will lead then to a third story. And the purpose of the three stories, which were told by a very famous chassid of the Tzemach Tzedek, his name was Ramot Chayel. The first story tells us the greatness of the tzaddik, Rebzev Wolf of Zhitomir. Rebzev Wolf of Zhitomir was a friend of the Alter Rebbe. He was a Talmud of the Mezrich Magid. In the first story, you see how what a great tzaddik Rebzev Wolf of Zhitomir was. In the second story, we'll learn how Rebzev Wolf of Zhitomir uh, said things about the Pshpalya Zayda. And how great Ishpalazeda was. So you can imagine if the Zer is such a great tzaddik, as you'll find out from the story now, as I will tell us too soon. And he said that the Shpalazeda was a tzaddik that no one can really understand how great he is. And then in the third story, we'll hear and see how the Shpalazeda spoke about the Alter Rebbe, what a great holy tzaddik the Alter Rebbe is. So you can imagine how great the Alter Rebbe is. Here is a story with Rebzev Wolf Zhitomi that shows us what a great tzaddik he was. Rebzev Wolf was the Rav of Zhitomir, and in the city of Zhitomir there was a Shechet, a Jew, a very, very special Jew, a Talmud Chachem, who learned a lot. He was the Shechet of the city. He was also the Moel. He did all the Brisson in the town. And he was very important to Rebzev Wolf. He was one of the closest and most beloved Hasidim of Rebzev Wolf of Zhitomir. This Shaykhet, everybody in the town wanted him to be the male for their children. Whenever they had a baby boy, they would call the Shaykhet and say, Yankel, please come be the male of my baby. And so the um, Shaykhet he said, well, out of prison. Now, this Shoichet had a very close friend. The friend's name was Yankel Eliezer. Yankel Laser. Yankel Laser. That's how we called him. Yankel Laser. Yankel Laser was a very close friend of, uh, of the Shoichet. And Yankel Laser lived next to Jitomir in a different town. Very close, but in a different town. Yankel Lazer didn't have children for many years, till one day Yankel Lazer came to the sheikh, his close friend, he was his closest friend, and he said to the sheikh, listen, my wife just had a baby boy, Mazel Tov, how amazing, what a mess, after all these years, my wife had a baby boy, but please, can you be the male for my baby? And the priest will be on Shabbos. As you know, Kindalach, that when a baby is born on a Shabbos, the priest has to be the next Shabbos. And then we do the priest even on Shabbos, even though it involves, you know, doing a priest which has a little bit of blood. And with Shabbos, you're not allowed to do this. But for bris, you're allowed to do it if it's on time. That means if the priest is exactly on the eighth day that the baby was born, then the Torah says you should do the priest on Shabbos. So... Yank Laser says to his friend the Sheikh, and he says, Please, please, I beg you, come to, for me to me for Shabbos. You won't be able to come on Shabbos, it's too far. Can't ride on Shabbos. 
So you'll have to stay with me for Shabbos, and you'll do the bris during Shabbos. And the sheikh says, no, I can't. You know that I never refuse anyone. I always am ready to do a bris for anybody. But in this case, it's on Shabbos, and I'll have to leave Jitomir for Shabbos, and I won't be able to hear the words of Torah from my dearest Rebbe, Rebzev Wolf of Jitomir. And I want to hear his Torah. My Rebbe, he eats Shalashudas on Shabbos late afternoon, right before the end of Shabbos, and he says a lot of divrei Torah. And I want to hear his, his, his Hasidus, his, his words of Torah. And I don't want to miss a Shabbos. So Yankee Lazy says to him, no, please, 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 I'm your best friend. How can you not come to me? Eh, but the Sheikhet says, well, but this is too much for me. Uh, my Rebbe is the most important thing to me. For me to miss one Shabbos with a Rebbe and not hear his words of Torah is too difficult. I wouldn't do it even for my best friend. It's hard for me to miss a Shabbos here at my Rebbe's Shalashudis Divre Torah. So Yankelezer says, listen, I have an idea for you. See, the Rebbe, Rebbe Wolf, starts his Shalashudis late Shabbos afternoon. He washes his hands, he makes a brocha, a moitzi, and then they sing some songs. By the time he says the Torah, it takes hours and hours till they sing all the songs. It's already, other people, for them, it's already Motzah Shabbos. The Rebbe extends the Shabbos, he, you know, it's, he makes the Shabbos longer, right? He sits till very late at night, and that was my, like, in the middle of the night at midnight. Until then, he still extends the Shabbos. Then he makes Abdullah at midnight. But until then, he says, So I have an idea for you. You come to me for Shabbos. As soon as Shabbos is over, we'll look at the calendar. It says Shabbos is over. We're going to make, we're going to have Meirus, you have Abdullah. I have some very good horses and I'm going to hire a special wagon driver that's going to take you very quickly from my town to Jitomir. By the time you'll get to Jitomir, will be still early, 8 o'clock at night. The Rebbe has barely, barely sung a few songs. It'll be way before his Divre Torah, because he's going to say his Divre Torah much later. So you'll be able to be at your Rebbe's table and, and hear his words of Torah. So you can come to my house for Shabbos and still make it to the words of Torah of your Rebbe. So the Sheikh would hear this and said, okay, you know what, that's a good idea. Now, he spent Shabbos with his friend Yankel Lazer, and the bris went by very nicely. There was a beautiful celebration and a meal and everybody came from that town and they celebrated and said, Mazel Tov, and they wished a lot of brachas. After Shabbos was over, the Sheikh said, quick, 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 let's make it the Mayrus Yavdol. I want to get back on time to observe Wolf's Tish to his table and where he's still celebrating Shabbos. For him, Shabbos isn't over. He's going to say Divretere, and I want to hear his Divretere. Now, to get from that town near Jitomir back to Jitomir, you had to go through for half an hour through a forest, a small forest. Now, the whole trip would take maybe less than an hour. To go from that town back to Jitomir would take less than an hour. In about a half an hour, you go through a forest. And the sheikh gets into the wagon. They ride. They get into the forest. shouldn't take very long. But then as they get into the forest, a heavy, heavy, very powerful rain 
started coming down. He started pouring and pouring so heavily that the Sheikh became like soaked all the way to his bones. He was like soaked, soaked wet. And then he started getting cold, freezing from the cold water of the rain all over his body. His clothes were soaking. And then, you know, the forest is made out of dirt. The floor, the ground is dirt, dirt ground. So when it pours so much rain, what happens to the soil and the dirt on the ground? It gets muddy. When it gets muddy, it's very hard for horses to go fast. And the wagon also has to be dragged slowly through the mud. It's very, very hard, very hard to move. But uh, the sheikh had kept whipping the horses. Come on, keep moving, keep moving. But they get slower and slower and slower. It was harder and harder for them to move, to move, until they got so slow that they could barely move. And the sheikh is getting desperate. And he's saying, oh, no, I, I won't make it to the Torah of my Rebbe, but at least I want to get somewhere where I can get warm. I'm, I'm freezing and it's raining and raining. I need a house where I can go inside and stay overnight until the rain is over. He gave up on going back to Jitomir to be with his Rebbe, but maybe in the forest is a house and then he sees from a distance a little light and he moves the horses to drag and tug heavily and slowly, one step at a time, till they get to that house. He didn't know who's living in the middle of the forest, but he sees this house. It's not just a house. It's a huge mansion. So he knocks on the door. Who could be living in such a beautiful, beautiful mansion in the middle of a forest? And as he knocks on the door, the door opens up, and two gentlemen opened the door and they said, Oh, Shalom Aleichem, come inside. Wow, they're Jewish. They say Shalom Aleichem. And they're very nice. They look like really special Jews. They look like from Jews, you know, Jews with, who, who learn Torah, very, very, very special Jews. And they opened the door and says, Come inside. And he comes inside. He sees this magnificent hallway in the entrance of the house, of the mansion. And then they tell them, please take off your clothes and we'll give you different clothes so you can dry up a little bit and, and come, come inside, come inside. In fact, we have our Rebbe here. We have a Rebbe here. He's saying, come, he, he told us to invite you to the table. And he, they take him into a big, big room full with people and all with beards and they all have white beards, long white beards with payas. And the head, the Rebbe, the leader of the, of, the, of, the, of the whole group, he's sitting at the head of the table, and he says, oh, bring him over, bring him over, let him sit next to me. And they invite him to sit at the head of the table next to the Rebbe, next to their leader. And the leader starts saying, Divre Torah, words of Torah. And um, uh, the Sheikh is listening, he says, wow, it's very impressive. And then... When he finishes, the leader finished to say the divrateri, he turns to the sheikh and says, listen, um, now I think the rain has stopped. You can go back uh, to Jitomir. And if you need any help, like you, you have a problem on the way and something terrible happens, like something dangerous, then I'll give you a little piece of parchment, a little piece of paper, and, and I'll write something on it, something from something, some secretive thing, like a Kabbalah thing, from Kabbalah, like a name of something, and you don't worry about it, you use this, and it'll save you from any problem. 
Wow. The Sheikh is very impressed. He's such a, he must be a great tzaddik that he can write such a little note and you, and you hold it in your hand and all your problems are solved and all the dangers go away. So he took the little piece of note and they accompany him to the door and they're very, they're very, very nice to him. And, and they said, so please go be safe and go travel back. And he goes into his wagon and he sees, oh, the horses are waiting and that the ground is dry and he's taking off. And within like 20 minutes, he was already back in Jitomir, but he was so exhausted so from the whole night being up in the rain, this he went straight home and went to sleep. Oh, um, the next day he gets up in the morning and he still feels tired. So he decided not to go to the shul of the, his Rebbe, Rebbe Zevolf. And he went, he's a sheikh, so he went to a place, to the place where they sheikh the animals, did his job, came back home, he felt he was going to go daven by the Rebbe again. You know, he never missed a day where he didn't dive in his rabbi, but this time he felt like very tired for some strange reason, like second day in a row he feels tired and he's not going to his rabbi. So he, well, he goes home, he goes back to sleep. And then the next morning again, he feels like tired again. And he goes to uh, shech the animals and to a special place where they do the shechting of the animals. And at the end of the day, he wants to go down my rabbi, but the rabbi hasn't seen his rabbi in a few days. Never happened before to him. But he's so exhausted, he decides he's going home. This happened like three, four days in a row. Never happened before that he hadn't seen his Rebbe in four days. Never happened. So, <clears throat> on the fourth day, a, a man comes to him from the town of Jitomir, a Jew, who just had a baby boy. Uh, in fact, he didn't have a baby boy. His wife was going to have a baby boy. But his wife was having a hard time giving birth to the baby. You know, sometimes it happens that a mommy wants to give birth to, she needs to give birth to a baby. The baby's not coming out. The baby's not coming out. It's pushing and pushing and pushing, you know, when the baby needs to come out before he gets born, it can be very stressful for the mother. And the baby's pushing and it's not coming out. And that can be very dangerous for the mother. Because if the baby pushes and it's not coming out, it can cause a very bad situation for the mother where her body would, would fall apart and she might shalom. You know, like we learned uh, last week's parasha, the mother of Yosef and Binyamin, Rachel, you know, she passed away when she would give birth to Binyamin. Well, it's very dangerous. So this man comes over to the sheikh and says, listen, my wife is now trying to give birth, but she can't, and, and she's in danger. And, and, and I, I don't know the Rebbe well, but you are very close to the Rebbe. Can you please go to the Rebbe and tell him that he should give me a bracha? So Rebzev, uh, the Sheikhet, the was very tired. So he said, you know what, I don't have time to go to the Rebbe now, but you know what, um, let me uh, give you a piece of paper. And he takes out a note which this old man, the leader, with the long white beard that he met in the forest, in this big mansion, he gave him that note and he says that with that note you can be saved from anything, anything bad, anything dangerous. Take this note, put it under the pillow of your wife, you'll see she'll, everything will be good, she'll have a baby. And that's what this man did. He went to, to his wife 
and she was lying in bed crying because she was in pain and it was, was very, very hurtful. He put this note under her pillow and lo and behold, within a few minutes she gave birth. Mazel tov, there was a baby boy. That was a miracle. Now, in the time of Rabzevov Jitomir, there was a minhag that if a miracle happened to someone, especially if it's something from a tzaddik that made a miracle, then they would bring special food, mezaynes and wine to the shul, where Rabzevov used to daven, and after davening, they would say, Lachayim, and thank Hashem for the great miracle. So the next day, this man who had just had a miracle, his wife couldn't give birth for weeks and weeks, she was in pain. And now, within a second, there's this tzaddik that lives in the forest, and the sheikh had brought a little note which he gave him, and that made a miracle that his wife had a baby boy, so they, he was going to bring mezaynas and honey cake and wine to the shul the next morning, and after shachis, Reb Zavolf will say l'chaim, and everybody there will also say l'chaim, and everybody will, I think everybody will be happy thanking Hashem for the miracle. Now, this man, the father of this new baby, is carrying the cake and the wine in a bag and is walking to the shul. And as he's walking to the shul to bring the cake and to tell everybody the great miracle that happened, Chabzev Wolf says to his Hasidim, please go outside and tell this man who's coming with the cake and the wine, Chabzev Wolf saw Beruch HaKedosh, this man is coming, that he should not come into my shul. I, will, I cannot celebrate something which comes from Klippa. You guys know what Klippas are? Klippas are evil. Bad, bad things. It's called Klippas in Hasidus. So Hasidus calls it Klippas. I don't want a baby that was born through Klippas. I, I don't want to celebrate a miracle that comes from the Klippas, from the evil side. Very surprised. People go out and say, no, don't come with the king. The Rebbe doesn't want you to come into the shul. He says he doesn't want to celebrate a nest, which is not a nest. It comes from Klippa, from evil. As you know, from this week's parasha and next week's parasha, we'll learn about Paroi and his magic magicians, how they were able to make miracles. But you know, Hashem gave the power sometimes to evil forces to imitate and mimic and imitate the, the miracles of the tzaddikim even though they can't do them exactly the way the tzaddikim do them. Uh, but the Khartoumim of Paroi, the magicians of Paroi, were able to copy some of those miracles. But really, their miracles are not miracles from Hashem. These are miracles that are performed by evil, evil forces, evil things called klippas. Hashem gave them a power only just to give us a little bit of a challenge so that we were tested. Hashem gives us a test to see if we're going to be impressed with those stupid miracles. And as Moshe Rabbeinu pointed out to the magicians of Paroi, hey, you can only do so much. And when it came to the Mark of Kinim, remember, the lies, they couldn't do it because the, the evil forces, the clippers, they cannot make certain miracles. Only Hashem can do them. So this happened here. The Rebzel Vov is saying that this baby was born by a miracle like magic done by the evil forces. He doesn't want to celebrate this. Tell him not to come to my show. The man was so surprised and shocked and he was so upset. He went back home and put down the cake and the wine and then ran to the sheikh's house and says, please, please, do you know what just happened? The Rebbe, Rebbe said, I cannot come and celebrate the miracle that just happened to my wife when she gave birth to a beautiful baby boy because the miracle, the baby was born through the forces of Klippe of evil. 
The Sheikh was very shocked. What? Um, he wanted to go and talk to the Rebbe. So the next morning he goes to the Rebbe for Shachis, and as he comes closer to the Rebbe, to the Rebbe's shul, the Rebbe told the Chassidim, please lock all the doors and lock all the windows. Don't let the Sheikh come in. Don't let the Sheikh come in. Everybody was surprised. The Sheikh is the most beloved Chassid of the Rebbe. The Rebbe is so close to him. Now the Rebbe is saying, no, no, no. I don't want him around me. I want him away, away. Tell him never to come here. I can't look at him. I can't be in the same shul with him. Tell him, lock all the doors. The Sheikh comes to the shul. He thought he's going to open the door and walk in and go straight to the Rebbe and talk to him about what happened. But the doors are locked. He begins to cry and says, Hey, hey, please, open the door. I'm, I, this is me, the Sheikhat. Nobody opens the door. So he starts knocking, knocking, and knocking on the windows. And then he sees Chassidim there inside through the window. He can peek and can see the hiding. They don't want him to see them. But apparently he understood that this is on purpose. They were told not to let him in. And then he realized, what's going on over here? Why? Why aren't they letting me in? What's going on? And then he realized it must be the Rebbe. The Rebbe must have told them to lock the doors and not to let him in. But the question is why? So he started crying. He says, begging, please tell the Rebbe that if I did something wrong, I want to do tshuva. Please tell him to tell the Rebbe that he should have Rachmanes on me. She have big pity on me and let me come in. I want to talk to him. And if I need to do tshuva, I'll do tshuva. But please, I, I want to come in. And he cries for hours and hours. But the Rebbe said, no, 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 nobody let him in. I don't want to see him. He can't be in my show. Finally, he cries all days. I'm not leaving this place. I'm standing by the door of the shul and crying till the Rebbe lets me in. Finally, the Chassidim went to the Rebbe's room and begged the Rebbe, please help him out, he's crying so much. And the Rebbe said, tell him that right now I can't see him. There's only one thing he can do to fix something wrong he did. He went to the forest last Mosheh Shabbos and he spent time in a mansion which was nothing but, not a real mansion, it was a mansion from the Klippus, and inside, the people that looked like Hasidim and they looked like Talmidei Chachamim, they were nothing but the agents of the Yetzirah, the agents of the Satan. They are the forces of Klippus. And he ended up in their net. He was trapped by them. They pretend to look like Hasidim. They pretend to look like Tzaddikim. And they have a long white beard and payas, but really... They're really evil. You see, the Yetzirah to you comes also to us like that. Sometimes the Yetzirah doesn't tell you do an Avera, but tells you, you know what, this is really a mitzvah. But really, the Yetzirah wants you to get you to do the wrong thing. But he dresses up like a chassid. you got to remember this. This is what the story means, right? He ends up in a place in the forest, and they look like so beautiful and such tzaddikim, but really they're very evil. And you went there and you praised them. And you were very impressed with them. That means there's evil inside of you now. They trapped you now. The only way for you to undo the evil they did to you, the evil that's crept into inside of you, is by going back to the forest and 
go back to that place and you have to tell them that they're despicable. Don't be impressed with them. Tell them, no, you're evil. I know who you are. You're just disguised. You look like tzaddikim. You look like chassid. I mean, you're evil. And you have to tell them exactly what they are and not be afraid of them. Now, it's possible that they will come out and begin to try to hurt you. You cannot be impressed with that. It'll be scary because they will start showing you things that are very scary. But don't be afraid. Just tell them, I'm not afraid of you. And you can't hurt me because I'm a chassid of Rebzev Volv Jitomir. I'm a chassid of this great tzaddik. And therefore, I don't feel afraid of you. And you close your eyes. And if it gets very scary, you just close your eyes. You imagine my face. Think of my face, my image. And that will save you from them. And if you keep strong and you're not afraid, and you say, no, you're evil and you're despicable, you're disgusting, you'll see they'll go away and they won't be able to hurt you. And after you do that, you can come back here to me and everything will be fine. See, this story tells us about how we fight the Yetzirah. Sometimes Yetzirah comes and says, yeah, yeah, it's such a good thing to do. Yeah, why not? It's even a mitzvah maybe, right? You have to tell Yetzirah, no. This is evil. You're a Yetzirah. You're not good. You're just pretending to be good. You're making me do something bad, something evil. You're making me lying to someone, telling me that it's a mitzvah to lie in this case because, oh, yeah, you need to lie because so-and-so is, is going to be uh, upset if you, don't, if you say the truth. Well, you have to be very careful. You have to be careful and know when it's the Yetzirah dressing up like a chassid. And the only way for us to Protect ourselves against the Yitzhari is by telling him, no, you're evil. The Torah says clearly not to do it. And then the Yitzhari goes away. You don't feel tempted by the Yitzhari anymore because you have stood strongly and said to the Yitzhari, no, you're despicable, you're disgusting. Right? You have to be very firm, very strong, and not be afraid of the Yitzhari. And that's what the Rebzev told him to do to these people in the mansion. So the sheikh understood what had happened. And the next Matar Shabbos, he got ready and went back. He went back. He went back to the, um, the forest in the middle of the night. And he saw the, the mansion again. He stood there in front of the mansion. And as he came to the mansion, the door already opened up before he even knocked. And he said, oh, here's a good friend, the Sheikhid of Jitomir. And they felt like they're his best friends. And said, oh, come, welcome back. But he right away spit on the ground and says, you are disgusting. You are despicable. You're not what you pretend to be. I know you're evil. Get, you, you, should be dis- you should be destroyed. You're bad. And they look at him, what? Why, Why are you treating us like this? He says, yes, you're disgusting. Don't pretend you're good. And they go quickly to their leader inside the big room who is, uh, you know, having Malava Malka with, with his Hasidim. And they call him and say, you know, the, the Sheikh is here and he's cursing at us. He's telling us that we're bad and evil. And the leader comes out and says, welcome back. What's, 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 why do you stay outside? Come inside, join us at the table. And the Sheikh starts screaming at him, you are a fake. 
You're a phony. You're not a tzaddik. You're a Russia. You're evil. You're clippis. And, and you should be destroyed. You're the enemies of Hashem. And as he says, at the least, says, what? Why are you cursing at us like this? I am going to have to destroy you. And the Sheikh had realized right away, he remembered what Reb Zevolv, the Rebbe, told him before he left, that he must not be afraid. The leader might want to hurt him. And suddenly the leader said a word, a very strange word, and the Sheikh began to see strange images. Images of scary-looking snakes with their mouth wide open, ready to swallow the Sheikhet. They came from all over, all around him. He, and it was a tradition, it was scary. It was very scary. And he saw fire everywhere. It was like very, very scary. But then he remembered what his Rebbe said to him, don't be afraid, just close your eyes and say, I'm not afraid of you. I'm a chassid of Rebzev, Volv of Jitomir. Just say it loud. He did exactly this, shut his eyes and screamed at the leader. I'm not afraid of all these things you're trying to do to me. You can't hurt me because my Rebbe is Rebzev, Volv of Jitomir. And when the leader heard Rebzev, Volv of Jitomir, he's your Rebbe. Oh, let me check. I have a book, and in that book I have names of a lot of Rebbes that are alive. Rebbes that some of them are not such great Rebbes. They're, they're, they're good people, but they've done a few Averis here and there. And sometimes they learn Torah, but they're not learning Torah for the right reasons. They learn Torah because they want to be, you know, get covered, right? A real tzaddik is someone who always learns Torah only to connect with Hashem. So I have a book for every single Rebbe of, that is alive today, if he had some thoughts when he learned Torah that is not for Hashem, but for himself, to make himself great and big, then he's in my book. Because that means I have a piece of him in my book, in my, in my net, in my trap. And therefore, if he, your Rebbe, is one of those in my book, he cannot protect you. I can hurt you and swallow you and destroy you. But if he's not in my book, that means he's really a holy tzaddik, that has never had any thoughts of evil and always learned Torah only lishma for Hashem's sake, then I really cannot hurt you. And the leader told his helpers to go bring a big book, to open the book, and he started going through all the names of Rabbanim and, 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 and the Rebbes and, and Jews, all kinds of Jews that are in his book. And he couldn't find Rabbi Zevolv Jutami. He said, oh, you Rebbe is really a great tzaddik. He, he has never had a very an evil thought in his life. So I have no choice, I have to let you go. And as he left, he saw that the mansion with all the people inside disappeared. They disintegrated and understood that these were not real people. These were forces of evil dressed like people, like tzaddikim, trying to make him do an Aveira. And this is the story with our Yitzhahorah too. Once he got tell Yitzhahorah, I'm not listening to you. This is nonsense. This is evil. You're just pretending that this is nice and sweet and so exciting and it's so tasty. And oh yes, it will be so, so much fun to do this. 
But when you tell them, no, this is not fun, this is evil, I don't want to have anything to do with you, then the Yitzhak goes away from you. And he cannot trap you. Anyways, he went back to Jitomir. And the first thing he did, he went to the shul of the Rebbe. And this time, the Rebbe said to him, go outside and greet my sh- friend, my chosid, the sheikhet, um, because I want him to come in right away so we can drink l'chaim. And my friends, this is the concept of tshuva. When you, if a person does something wrong, let's say you once lied to someone, or you once were not nice to your parents, not nice to your friends or to your rebbe, you did things that you weren't supposed to do. Everybody knows what it is. The Torah tells us that to do tshuva means to be regretful. You have to regret what you did. That's what tshuva is. But the best tshuva is if you have another chance to get angry again at your parents or get angry at your teacher and say something not nice to them or you get a desire to say a lie or desire to do something else and this time you say, no, I'm not going to do it. Yes, last time I did the Avera, but I'm not going to do it this time. Yitzhak is coming to me again and I'm going to say no. If you can do that, uh, that the Gemara says, and the Rambam writes this, that's the best shuvah. Hashem loves this shuvah because here, not only did you regret what you did last time, but now when another opportunity came for you to do the other same Avera, you don't do it. So you have proven that you really changed. You're not going to do Avera. This is what happened to this Chosset. He had to go back to the forest, meet the same people again that made him part of them and trapped him and then said, no, I'm not going to listen to you. And that's what made him disappear. That's the first story of Rebzev Vov of Jutomir.